0: coaches and athletes have influence and the never changing message within the fellowship of Christian athletes is the gospel of Jesus Christ his love for humanity and our responsibility to let others know about him FCA is experiencing growth like we've never seen before the influence that you're having on these kids and these athletes and coaches and they're going to affect the community for generations. We're going to the ball fields. We're going to the courts. And that's what's so powerful about the FCA. We go to where the coaches and athletes are. And now more than ever, we desire fellowship. Because we are not designed to walk this life alone. It's about the impact you have on others' lives. But the influence, the ripple effect, it carries generations and generations. Today, we're in over 100 countries with leaders around the world to bring life change.
1: So now through FCA sports, coaches and athletes want to compete as FCA, competing in kindergarten all the way through their professional career.
0: And whether you're an athlete, whether you're a coach, whether you're a fan. We are mobilizing volunteers. And we are here to teach you, to train you, and grow the body of Christ. But for them to effectively do what they do, they need the resources. So we create Bibles, resources, and training for coaches and athletes to become empowered leaders who move the mission forward. The team is growing to reach coaches and athletes transformed by Jesus Christ.
1: No matter where they come from, no matter what
0: they look like, uh, no matter what their background is, they're here with a sole purpose. To lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And every means every. Every coach. Every athlete. Every sport. Every country. The gospel is bearing fruit and spreading throughout the whole world. We're just scratching the surface. We're called as disciples of Christ to make disciples. So that I can make disciples who are able to make other disciples. So now more than ever, as we look into the future, we see this desire, this passion, men and women, boys and girls, dedicated as a disciple to go make disciples since the very beginning FCA has always been Jesus Christ' coaches and athletes yesterday today and tomorrow
1: all right thank y'all for having me appreciate it my name is Jamie Middleton uh, just want to give you briefly just the the vision and the mission of FCA and I uh, that was, it was mentioned in the video. The vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And our mission is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that is, that's really who we are in this community. That's what we're about in this community and uh, worldwide, as you can see from the video. But, but here in Whitfield County, that is also who we are. And, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about... About that, uh, just about what um, you know, what it looks like, what ministry looks like here in our community with FCA, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a little sneak peek into uh, into into ministry, and uh, so we're gonna here in a little bit we're gonna we're gonna pretend that that you guys are the y'all are the team and I'm the I'm the FCA representative. We're gonna go into the locker room and do a do a team talk. Uh, so so we'll do that in a few minutes. But uh, again, I want to thank you all for having me. Thank you guys uh, as Pleasant Grove United Methodist for uh, supporting FCA in our community. Um, you guys uh, gave a very generous donation this past year with the, the uh, Mercy, jo- Mercy Drop Project. And uh, so just appreciate that. We want to thank you all. Uh, I want to thank you all personally for that. Um, but before we get into that, I just... You know, it's on my heart here lately, it's been on my heart ever since I've started with FCA full-time especially, is the, the condition of, uh, of the hearts and minds of, of a lot of students growing up today. And uh, I can first tell you, first off, that, that God is still alive in the public schools, okay? God is still alive in the public schools. It looks a little different than it did 30 years ago but he is still alive in the public schools. But I'll tell you what else is different from 30 years ago is that there are a lot of kids that are not growing up in church. A lot of kids are not growing up in Christian homes. Even here in the Bible Belt, it's not, as, it's not what it is in some areas in the country, but even here in the Bible Belt, kids don't have that, that baseline knowledge. You know, when I was growing up, um, even the... Even the most, even the heathens that I grew up with, right? <laughs> the biggest troublemakers at school. Even them, those guys and girls, mostly guys really, probably the girls really didn't act up that much. But even the guys, they went to vacation Bible school occasionally, right? Uh, they may have gone to youth group with a friend at some point. They had at least a baseline knowledge of what, what the Bible was, was about, uh, of, what, uh, of who Jesus was, right? And, and we're talking to kids today. They're not rejecting the gospel. They just don't know it. They haven't heard it. Um, and so it's got me to thinking just about growing up in a Christian home and growing up in, in a church. And I grew up at Tunnel Hill United Methodist. Um, and I you know, I tell people sometimes that when I, was, when I was younger, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. Every Sunday night and a few times during the week as well, um, but i just I just started thinking about the different memories that I have you know, i I can still remember we had a cross just like this behind the choir loft, except it was it was, it was lit up this beautiful orange uh, illumination and I can tell you where the light switch is. I know how to turn that thing on right now. it probably doesn 't work anymore, but I know where that light switch is. I remember coming to confirmation classes with uh, with Pastor Fred Johnson, right? I remember joining the church later on. <clears throat> I remember a preacher, I can't remember his name, but he wore a white suit, and I thought he lo- I thought my pastor was Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazzard, <laughs> okay? So I, so I thought, I know that guy. He was on the Dukes of Hazzard. So uh, I remember that guy, right? I remember Wednesday night meals. My mom cooked Wednesday night meals ever since I can remember and still cooks Wednesday night meals um, Today. And when she cooks her chicken casserole, there's the attendance doubles on Wednesday nights there at the church. I remember going to Epworth by the Sea and St. Simon's on our youth trips and going to Gatlinburg on our youth trips and, and uh, Becky Gowan leading the charge with our youth ministry. Another Gowan, I also remember skipping kids' church one Wednesday night and, uh, with Russ Gowan and breaking a window out in one of the Sunday school classrooms because we were throwing rocks against the wall. And he told me that if I ever told anybody, he'd beat me up. So hopefully he doesn't come back and beat me up tomorrow. You guys may be the first people I've ever told that to. Uh, I also remember Chris Kuzniak breaking a, a stained glass window out with a with a kickball. And I can tell you which exactly which one it is because stained glass windows are evidently hard to come by and uh, it looks a little different than the rest of them. Um, I can remember buying... Uh, Christmas presents for families in need. I can remember my great-grandmother sitting at the, on the back row and giving candy out to, to every little kid that went by. I can remember my dad being the Sunday school superintendent and thinking what an important job that must have been. Um, I can remember some men in the church holding an extension ladder straight up Well, I climbed up the extension ladder about 25 feet and changed a light bulb out in the choir loft. I'm not sure how they got me to do that, but I do remember doing that. Uh, I have a lot of memories, right? I have a lot of memories. There's a lot of kids that are not going to have these memories because they're not being raised in church. Um, Unlike me and many of you that have similar memories, they also didn't have godly men and women that were tied to all those memories to have a positive influence on their lives. They don't have that right now. Because um, every one of those memories that I have, there are people tied to that. There are men and women in the church, young and old, that are tied to those memories that helped me, that uh, that I knew that I could come to, that, uh, that were a positive influence on my life, and that were just a, uh, a great example, a Christian example, and a Christian role model for me in my life. So... Got me to thinking. What can we, how can how can we combat this? What can we do about this? Like, what, how are we going to get get the message of Jesus? How are we going to get positive Christian influences into the lives of a lot of these young people? And there are listen, there are a lot of things that we as adult Christians that we can do to have an, a positive influence on young people. There, there the list is endless, probably right. But I can tell you. Today, what FCA is doing about it and what we're doing about it in our community and how, how you can help us do something about it in our community, right? Um, <clears throat> with FCA in our community, we serve, we serve the middle school and high school campuses and uh, we have FCA huddles there and we got people, there's, I, I, I see faces out there, see teachers, coaches that are involved in FCA at their schools. That, that are allowing FCA to come and speak to their teams at their schools. And Kelsey, by the way, if I'll trade you a case of Dr. Pepper for that Orange Fanta if you, if you need that. Um, so we're able, to, we're able to minister to the campuses. We're able to minister to teams by coming in and doing gospel presentations with those teams, doing team devotions, bringing them Gatorades. Uh, we have character coaches. We call them character coaches. They're pretty much team chaplains. They're volunteers. Some of us as FCA staff serve as team chaplains on different teams. Um, and they come in and it's, you know, they're, they are speaking to the kids. They're doing, usually doing weekly devotions with them. But more important than that, they are being a positive Christian influence in their lives. They're being a role model in their lives. And, and they're, they're doing relational ministry with these players and with the coaches.
0: Uh, we do have
1: uh, we do have a huge uh, ministry with our coaches ministry. A huge uh, importance we put a huge importance on our on our coaches ministry. We do uh, coaches Bible studies throughout the week at at a lot of different schools. We have uh, coaches camps that we send our fam- coaches and their families to down in uh, Saint Simons every year. Um, we're able to send a lot of coaches on to couples retreats. So we're pouring into those coaches, and we're also there. To just to be a, somebody that that coach uh, can talk to and they can trust. I've been, a head, I've been a head high school coach before. It can be a lonely place at times. Sometimes they just need somebody to share some stuff with that they can trust, right? And we can be that for them. Um, and you may have seen FCA Sports on the video there. So FCA Sports, you can think of, of the ministry of FCA Sports as anything that FCA provides that people come to. Right, so most of our ministry, our traditional ministry, we are going to the campuses. We're going to the teams. We're going and meeting with the coaches. With FCA Sports, we provide things for people to come and be a part of, whether it be FCA Outdoors and we do a, a skeet shoot or a, a, a duck hunt or something like that, or whether it be our, our FCA uh, Baseball and Softball and Football uh, Travel Ball teams, right? Uh, we, have, we have nine Baseball teams ranging from 8 to 15, we have, a, we have a softball team, and we have a football team. Um, so, and we're, we're able to pour into those kids, and we're able to pour into them not just, you know, for one season, but if they start with us at 8 years old and, and they continue, we're able to really mentor them, and, uh, and those coaches are really able to have a huge influence in their lives. So, so that's kind of the ministry of FCA sports. Um, so, that's kind of the who. That's the who we serve. The how is, uh, again, I mentioned through gospel presentations. To me, that's one of the most important things that we do with FCA here in our community is we have the ability and we have the freedom and we have the access to go into the public schools and do gospel presentations, to share the gospel of Christ with countless teams. We have over, between the middle schools and the high school teams, in Whitfield County, Dalton Public Schools, and Christian Heritage, we have over 230 uh, school-affiliated sports teams. It's hard to believe, right? We've been able to do over 100 gospel presentations so far this year, um, and so it's just—it's just been—it's just—it's been, just, it's, it's just been so important the gospel presentation aspect of it. We've had over 250 salvations. Uh, from From students to those gospel presentations, and we 've been able to give away over five hundred bibles. <clears throat> so God is alive in the public schools. We have tremendous support from our public schools we don't have a, there's not a single administrator in any of our schools that tell us no FCA can 't come to our school. They all welcome it. Probably 97% of the coaches welcome FCA to come and speak to their schools, and to come and 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 do whatever we can to help, because they see the need. They see the they see the need. They see the looks in their in their students' faces that they're in need of something with some certainty. They're in need of something solid in their lives. Uh, these kids today have grown up in this COVID era, and and just. Um, just, a a, you know, a lot of unrest, a lot of uncertainty. And when we're able to share the gospel of Christ and talk to them about having a relationship with him, their eyes light up. And, uh, it's just, it's such a rewarding and humbling experience to be a part of it. So I wanted to share some with you just about, about what's going on with FCA in our community, what it looks like, um, you know, just the day-to-day ministry and what we're able to do and how important those gospel presentations are. But uh, right now, I want to show you, There's a we've got a video of, it's just some students being interviewed, right?
0: I want to show that
1: to you real quick. While they're working on that, I can tell you um, just a little more about, just about FCA. Um, we are a completely... Uh, Faith-funded organization. So uh, when we when we figure out what our budgets are for the year, it, it comes completely through donations. Comes through our FCA banquet that we have, through our FCA golf tournaments that we have. It comes through through monthly donors, um, through church support ch- uh, support from churches, through one-time donations. Uh, so uh, we do. If you guys uh, are in support personally, support FCA. Just thank you so much can't do it without you. We're not able to buy these eleven dollar FCA Bibles without without your support. right? We're not able to give those 500 Bibles out without without that kind of support. So we do want to thank you for that. Are we good? Alright, let's rock and roll.
0: My name is Jesse Nava and uh, I'm an FCA officer at Southeast High School and I'm part of the FCA Impact Team for the Woodford County. I play baseball, football, and basketball. FCA has been moving, you know, God is moving in our school for sure. Um, Our gyms are packed, our multi-purpose rooms are packed. It's really starting to feel more like a family, you know, less bullying. Everybody's a lot more open with each other now too. So I think that's awesome, you know, we're providing that vulnerable space and I'm just happy to be able to say I'm a part of it. I can use my student athlete platform as a way to kind of get kids who don't really know about Christ or are still on the fence about him to, you know, come into FCA one day and just they hear the message and then you know you see them again the next week and then the week after that and then you know that they're really starting to understand. FCA is important to me because it is a place where I can share my faith and feel comfortable asking questions about my faith. I feel like he is using it for other people to also have a safe space and where they can relate to others with their faith if somebody else is struggling with the same thing as them.
1: FCN is important to me because it's just a way to connect with my um, fellow students and stuff, and it just helps you to better um, relate with them and to get the word out and to share the gospel with them.
0: I'm a student athlete, and so I used to play play sports and all that, and it's doing something you love, but you can also share Christ through that god's placed more than a third of our school in fca so it's a really big impact there it helps a lot because this is one of the only ways in our school that our school has to uh, learn about his word and his gospel it brings everyone together and it brings everyone closer to god and that's just that's why it's very important to me when they came and talked to our cheer team um like girls wanted Bibles out of it and some uh, gave their life to Jesus through it so that was really cool and then just different things we do in SCA it's impacting the students and I see it and other people are seeing it too it's a hundred and ten percent worth your time you know money if that's the case but it doesn't always have to be money you know just it's worth you know putting your full support into because you know you don't realize how many lives this is touching really though because our schools are are changing and it's amazing and it FCA's community like it's FCA is nothing without the people and the support is just immensely appreciated.
1: So FCA is able to have uh, you know huge impact so so God is using the ministry of FCA uh, to do these things right this is not this is not a, a Jamie thing this is not a Northwest Georgia FCA thing this is a God Movement and he is using the ministry of FCA to impact uh, a lot of people and a lot of people like like I said uh, There's a lot of a lot of faces here that when I was teaching at New Hope Middle I was uh, involved in some of their lives as a huddle coach and now as an FCA staff um, I see a lot of coaches. I see some parents that uh, uh, of, of players and students that uh, that were able to uh, have an impact on so it's just a just a great honor just a great honor so
0: what I want to do now,
1: we're going to pretend that, uh, that we're in the locker room after practice, and, uh, and I've been invited to come in and, and speak to you guys. And so you guys are the players. I'm going to be the FCA uh, staff person. So um, today we're going to talk about the word greater. Right? So whenever I ask you the question, I can ask you some questions. Who is the greatest quarterback of all time? Tom Brady, a lot of, most people are going to say Tom Brady. You know, my opinion, obviously, is Peyton Manning. Go Big Orange, right? And I can say that because I have a microphone right now. So, uh, but most people are going to say Tom Brady. I could ask you who is the greatest hitter in baseball, Major League hitter of all time? Right. Lots of answers, right? Lots of answers. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? thank you. Thank you. It is not LeBron James. So uh, I could ask who is, now listen, this gets almost kids into fights when I ask who is the greatest soccer player of all time. Messi and there's one other one. Ronaldo. That's the new guy. That's the other guy. He's not new. But I was at Southeast talking to the Southeast soccer team the other day, and one of the coaches said, you guys are saying all these names, but Pele is actually the greatest. That's that's what they said. Um, So, but look, there's all different answers, right? But if I asked you who is the greatest example of the Christian faith ever, the answer is Jesus Christ, 100%. Right? It's not a question. So John 3.30, John the Baptist He's got some guys that are coming and talking to him. His followers, his disciples are coming and talking to him, and they're like, hey, do you know about this Jesus guy? And John's like, yeah, that's who I've been trying to tell you guys about. And then he goes on and says, he must become greater, I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. So John... He's surrendering at this point, right? He's saying, my, my work is done. It's time for y'all to start following this Jesus guy, right? This is who I've been telling you about. This is who I've been called to prepare the way for, right? Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Apostle Paul, John the Baptist, both of them, they're surrendering to the greatest, right? They're surrendering to the greatest, who is Jesus Christ, which is Jesus Christ. The term surrender is not something that we teach our kids, right? We don't talk to our kids about quitting. We don't talk to our kids about surrendering. We talk to them about never quitting. We talk to them about never giving up, right? To keep fighting, right? But this is a little different. This is a different type of surrender. And God calls us all to surrender to him. And his terms of surrender are simple. It's either all or nothing. right? I want all of you. I don't want part of you. right? When I was a kid, I remember like it was yesterday, another memory of accepting Christ when I was six years old. It wasn't like I had... Uh, you know a huge amount of sin in my life, at least I didn't think I mean I was six I wasn't dealing drugs on the street you know I was six years old, right, but I needed christ and, and I knew that and, and I believe it was I believe it was real but when I was fifteen, I went to an event called Fire on the Mountain up at the Trade Center, and at that moment that night, I realized how much sin I had in my life. I realized how much I was not surrendering to Christ. I still believe I was a Christian, but I'm not so sure that I was really surrendering everything to him. And so that's the question, is have you surrendered? Have you surrendered everything? Um, Are you willing to surrender, right? Are we willing to surrender everything for Christ? We can be Christians and still be holding on to some things that we need to surrender, that we need to get rid of in our lives. I told a story. I got to speak at uh, my kids' school the other day at their chapel service, and I told this story about my oldest son, Cooper. And uh, a couple years ago, we were cleaning our house top to bottom like it was a huge cleaning day. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, when my mom was like, we've got to clean, we've got to get everything, you know, we've got to clean up the house, we've got to dust, we've got to vacuum, got to do and I was, I, my question to her would be like, hey, who's coming over? Like, why, do we, why do we need to be cleaning the house? She was like, it doesn't mean that somebody's coming over. You know, y'all, know that. y'all know how that goes, right? So, uh, but we were cleaning the house top to bottom, and then there was, there was still this smell, there was this odor in the whole house. And we went downstairs into the playroom area and we found this closet in the back corner and Cooper had been collecting roadkill and he had been putting the skins up in in the closet, right? And it stunk up the entire house. The whole house was clean, except for that little small closet, right? Now, that's not a true story. I made that up completely. But... Kay was about to lose it. I just saw her. So <laughs> most of the kids, they know my son. They know he's a bit of a redneck. And most of the students there at Christian Heritage were looking at him and like, I can't I can believe that you did that. They all believed it. But uh, there wasn't. it's not true. But the question is, the question remains the same. What is it that we're not letting go of? What is it that we're not surrendering? Because whatever it is, it's going to infect the rest of your life. Right? It's going to end up infecting the rest of your life. So so the challenge today is what do you need need to surrender? Where are you in your walk with Christ? And wherever you are, the challenge is to take one step closer to him. If we're staying still, we're going backwards. But we can take one step closer to him. So it may be that you need to take that first step and accept Christ. It may be that you need to take the next step and be courageous and share your faith with others. It may be that you need to take the next step and just get back on track, right? Um, Wherever it is, wherever you are, I want to challenge you to take the next step. At FCA, we have a a very easy, uh, very simple method of sharing the gospel, and it's called the Four. See if we can pop that picture up real quick. Is it up there? Yeah, there it is. So, so the four—you got four symbols right there—and this just does a great job of explaining what the gospel is all about, right? And I've got a bracelet on, and we give these bracelets out to a lot of kids, and uh, we run out, of them like, run out of them like crazy. But the first symbol is the heart, and it represents the fact that God loves you, that He sent His Son to die for you, like it says in John three sixteen. <clears throat> the next symbol is a division sign. God loves us, but there's a problem. There's sin, and sin separates us. And sin is, is when we fall short of God's glorious standard that we find in the Bible. Now, when we fall short, which we all do every single day, we are divided from the love of God. And so that's the problem. But there is a solution, and it's the cross. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life He didn't deserve punishment, but he took it, and he died on the cross for us. And then three days later, he defeated sin, he defeated death, and he defeated Satan by rising from the dead, right? And that's the answer. We can accept that free gift of salvation. That's what the cross represents. The question mark asks the question, will you trust Jesus? What will you do about it? So we finish up our team talk today. And in prayer. And I want to challenge you right now. If, if you've never accepted Christ, there's no better time than today. No better time than the present to do it. And we've got a suggested prayer of salvation right there. So as I'm praying, as we're quiet, pray this prayer together. Pray this prayer to yourself. If you need to get back on track, if you need to have more courage to share your faith, take the time now to do that, right? And and I would say this to the team, always remember that you can talk to us, you can talk to one of our, your character coach, you can talk to one of your teammates about anything. Because while this is a, a decision between you and God, it is the best decision you've ever made that you will ever make in your life, and you need to share it with others, and you need help. And we don't want to just leave you right here, with you accepting Christ and then not knowing what to do. We want to help you in your faith journey. So that's what a team talk is about, right? And that's that, that, that's beneficial for these teenagers, but you know, that message is also, that's very beneficial for me as well. That's a, that's a great reminder of the importance of surrendering to Christ. So as we go and watch the Super Bowl and we think about the opposite of surrender and quit and giving up, remember the importance and the freedom that we can find in surrendering our lives 100% over to Christ. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. (sighs) Thank you that that if we just ask, then you will reveal the things that we need to surrender our lives. We need to surrender to you. And uh, God, help us to have the courage to do that. Surround us with uh, loving people that will help us along the way. God, thank you for the memories that I have from growing up in, in, a, in a Christian home and in, in a church. Thank you for the men and women here that can be those positive role models and uh, great Christian Christ-like examples for the young, young people that are growing up today in this church. God, help us wherever we are, to take one step closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you all.